I turned it on the first, the first uh, try there, so I'm getting better at this. I sound really loud. Do I sound really loud? Can you hear me? All right, let's open up the Word of God to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. If we're going to be in the first two chapters, Philippians, that would be Philippians chapter 1 and Philippians chapter 2, in case you needed a little help with that. And um, tonight we're going to, well, you know, last week was, on Thursday was National Day of Prayer. And uh, I'm not, I don't know if any of you did any research on that or looked, looked that up to see anything about that. Or, you know, every year there is a theme for the National Day of Prayer. And uh, it's, it's, I think it's good to have themes because it gives us a purpose. It gives us a directive, something to think about and something to be specific about. And this year's theme for the National Day of Prayer, does anybody know what it is? I know our deacons probably do because I mentioned it in our deacons meeting tonight. But it is love one another. And if that's not a message for our time, I don't know what is. Love one another. Uh, we're so full, it's, well, not us, but it seems like the world is just so full of hate. Uh, and we, even those people that are so uh, dogmatic about tolerance and being tolerant are so intolerant. It seems like they're so full of hate. And Christians seem to get the brunt of this uh, because we're considered hypocritical because we try to uphold godly standards that the world looks at as being intolerant. And we're just trying to, we're just trying to up with, uphold these standards, but we're also trying to learn how to do that as we love people. And we've been called to love people. We talked about that this morning. And we've talked about that on a lot of different occasions. So our, our uh, guidepost, our directive, our theme for National Day of Prayer this year was to love one another. And so I think it's important that we, we seek out scriptures that help us and not only help us, but uh, show us what people in biblical times did to show their love for other people. It's always good to have an example, isn't it? It's always good to have an example. Our best example will, has been and always will be uh, Jesus Christ because he demonstrated uh, love like no one else did and that while I was yet a sinner, he died for me. Nobody else has even offered <laughs> to do that. Nobody else would, but he did. And he didn't just do it for me. He did it for all, for the whole world. And not just the world in this moment in time, but all throughout history and whatever is in the future. He did it for everybody. And as I just sang, he did it willingly. You know, nobody took his life. He gave it willingly. Lori said that Wednesday night during, during choir practice, a praise team practice. So he's our, our example. And in the weeks to come, we're going to take a look at some people in the Bible um, that, that demonstrated love for others in a way that we can emulate and copy and maybe do that ourselves. Because uh, I need help with that. <laughs> I think we all do. I need help with that. I get, I get uh, just like everybody else, I get angry sometimes at people. And, uh, and, and just, you know, just to be totally transparent up here, like I mentioned earlier this morning, sometimes you just want to do something physical about it. 
<laughs> and I'm not a bully by any stretch of the imagination. But sometimes you just want to, you just want to break something, don't you? Am I being clear enough? <laughs> I know I've told you that uh, when I worked at Sears, y'all going to think I have an anger management problem. I know I've told you this before, but when I sold tires at Sears, and we had, you know, if you've worked with public, you know uh, what it can be like dealing with certain customers that, that are always right. And, and you, as, a, as an employee that's been there for years, that you don't know what you're talking about. So, uh, you know, you still have to present that uh, professionalism. And so I did what, and, I, and I, I do this in different areas of my life. Sometimes I need to take a little break. I need to get out away from things. And so I would walk back to the stock room, and you know we had rows and rows of tires. And I could go punch a tire. And I felt so much better. I didn't puncture a tire. That would, be, that would not be right. That would be destroying property. But that, that tire just bounced right back, and, and nobody ever knew. And I may have had a little tread wear on my knuckles, but, you know. And, and that was also a, a time where I could say, Lord, help me. Lord, I need your help. Um, and usually, and, and this is how the enemy works, usually it was when, um, and this happened a lot, uh, and it still does, talking with some of the kids and some of the young people that work in the public. But it would be on a day when I was supposed to have gotten off at 5. Maybe it's a Saturday. I came in maybe at 7 that morning, and I was supposed to work till 4 or 5. And then whoever was supposed to close had called in, and they couldn't come because they probably wanted to go out on a date or have fun with their friends and didn't want to accept the responsibility of the job that they had signed up for. And so then the supervisor would come, and they would say, hey, can you cover till 9 o'clock? And, you know, what about my plans? What about my life? What about what I want to do? And so you get all these thoughts that pop into your head. And so it was usually when I was already just frustrated, and I'm like, you just wait till I see so-and-so. I'll tell them what I think about them not coming in, because I know, I know they're not sick, and I know that their grandfather can't have died for the fourth time. You know, things like that, like that. And so usually it was when you're already upset and then you got somebody that walks up to the counter and says, well, my diehard died hard. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and you're like, okay, and I paid such and such amount of money for this four and a half years ago and it's a five-year battery and I want a new one. And I don't want to pay a penny for it. And that sounds like a, in a perfect world how you would get a new battery. But we don't live in a perfect world. And so you would have to explain to them you'll have to pay some for that. And then, and, and then it would seem one right after the other. And, and that's how the enemy, the enemy hits us. Uh, we're already down. He's going he's gonna to kick us while we're down. And he's going to spit on us after he's kicked us when we're down. And then he can, if he can think of anything else that he can do to upset us, he's going to do it. Because the last thing he wants is for you to be nice to that person who's being mean to you. And then you get these little things popping through your head the whole time. Love, love God, love people. Love God, love people. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And, and I'm like, well, God, can't we reverse that? And why can't they do unto me how I want them to do unto me? Like I'm trying to do to them. But, you know, that's, that's just life, isn't it? And that's how things work out sometimes. But we are supposed to love people. And there are ways to do that. And Scripture gives us examples, and we're going to look at some of those. But tonight is really just going to kind of be an introduction into this and how to love 
like Jesus loved. So let's look at Philippians chapter 1. And uh, this is some very familiar scripture. And we see this a lot of times on greeting cards and on e-cards that you can send through email and things like that. Especially on National Friends Day and, and things and days like that. Verse number 1 of chapter number 1 of Philippians. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy. Okay, so who in here would not love to receive an email or a call or a card that had that in it? That's very encouraging, isn't it? Boy, I thank God every time I think about you. You know, it sure beats, I, and I try not to think about it because when I do, bad thoughts pop into my head, you know. And in and, and our cynicism, we would probably think, yeah, that's how you really feel. Tell me how you really feel. But what encouragement, what words of encouragement that, that were given to the church at Philippi. And also the skeptic might say, well, he's buttering us up because he's getting ready let us have it. And there were some things that needed to be discussed, and that's what we want to talk about here tonight. But what a great way, what a great uh, uh, greeting. How do we greet people throughout the day? Um, how do we greet our, our family when they come home from work and and how do we greet people at work when we see them each day? If we work with the public, how do we greet them? Um, is, is Jesus making any difference in our lives in those situations? All right, so let's move on to Philippians chapter 2. And let's read, uh, let's begin with verse number 1 there. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Instructions. We are getting instructions here. Verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. More instructions. Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the Father. So let's stop right there. We're going to, if we have time, we're going to read some more of that scripture tonight. But I want to stop right there and I want to ask a question I've kind of already presented to you. And that question is this What difference has Jesus made in your life? What difference has Jesus made in your life? 
Um, there are going to be probably some obvious answers to that. Well, he, he has forgiven me, and he, is, he has taken my shame, and he's taken my guilt, and so I, I'm free from that, and I know I'm going to heaven. And these are the obvious church answers, but on the day-to-day basis, what difference is he making in your life? Do you think about things like that? Look back on this past week, look at the situations and, and things you found yourself in, and how did you react in those situations differently than you would have if you hadn't known Jesus? Or is there any difference? Do you feel as if you responded probably the way a lost person would? Or did you respond in a way that would honor Christ and show others that Christ is in your life and that you love Him, and you not only love Him, you love them? And then we're going to think about, well, those people that that I was in that situation with don't deserve, probably don't deserve to know that God loves them. Probably don't deserve to know that, that I'm supposed to love them. Don't we feel that way sometimes? And it's totally normal uh, to feel that way. But there is a, there is a better way. There is a, a higher way that you and I can take. And it's not easy, but with the command that God has given us to love, which is a very great command, He's also given us that great promise, hasn't He? And you know, when He was on the cross, I don't care who you are, you were on His mind. When you were on the cross, when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. Aren't you glad you don't have to be on that cross? That's what we deserved, but he took our place. And think of of how you have treated his forgiveness and his grace very carelessly in your life. When you have almost pursued sin because something seemed uh, so attractive and the enemy made it look so good. And you were actually looking forward to doing something, maybe, that God had told you in His Word He doesn't want you to do. And so it's almost like we just disregard all that He's done just so that we can enjoy a few moments of whatever. And of course, the the enemy will be right there when you're done to throw the guilt and the shame on you and to tell you the lies that you are no longer found in His favor and He doesn't love you anymore and he's done with you, and you're all used up, and you're no good. So there's always, a, there's always uh, kind of like his way and our way in every, every situation that we come in. But is Jesus making a difference in, in my life? Is Jesus making a difference in your life? Think about that real seriously for a moment. Now, maybe some of you are like, well, I'm retired, or I don't really come in contact with a lot of different people. But you do. You come in contact with some people. And it may be that the most contact you have with people is right here at the church. So does the fact that Jesus has saved you and is in your life make a difference in how we interact with each other here? What about, what about uh, people who have habits and do things that get on your nerves? Can our brothers and sisters in Christ get on our nerves? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we can. Absolutely we can. Did you say maybe? They, they certainly can. We, we can certainly do that. 
And you know, a lot of times when that happens is when uh, maybe when we're trying to come together to accomplish something and I have an idea and you have an idea and they're different and I want my idea to, to take, I want people to use my idea and not your idea because my idea is better than yours. And I'm not, you know, this is just not, I'm not using this because I've seen this or I'm thinking about it specifically, but there's a kitchen over there. And does everybody cook the same? Does everybody cook, does everybody use the same ingredients to make certain things? Um, so what happens when <laughs> Mabel, I don't think we have a Mabel. What happens if Mabel wants to put vegetables in the chicken pie and Eunice doesn't. What are we going to do? I think maybe Eunice or Mabel, did I say Mabel or Mavis? I don't even know what I said now. Do you think one of them needs to say, well, let's try it your way this time. And maybe next time we'll try it the other way and we can just kind of alternate. Or maybe would it be okay if one of them said, well, let's just do it your way. I'm, I'm okay with that. Let's do that. But, but we, but we, fight to have our way and that's just a simple example but that's the way it is if we met in the deacons meeting and you know we've got seven men in a pack and we needed to get something done and four of four of them wanted to do it this way and four of them wanted to do it another way what are we going to do and what if what if so and so in there really couldn't even believe that the vote so and so on there and ever since he's been on there he's just had a hard time accepting it now i'm totally making this up because this is not happening i thank god we have great meetings and i'll tell you that that these men would rather uh sit and talk about because we always start with uh scripture and somebody it's somebody's turn we rotate uh to do the the bible study each time we meet that's the most important thing and and rarely, if ever, does somebody get a chance to finish their Bible study that's, that we don't have some, somebody that has something to add to it or has been through something similar, and it becomes a great discussion. It always is a great discussion. And we almost forget that we have to decide how many pieces of chicken we're going to get the next meal. Now, we don't decide that. But, but you, know, it's, you know, that's the way it needs to be. That's the way it should be. I pray it always is. But it's not, it's not because those men are just so good and you did such a fantastic job of voting the right people in. It's because the God that's in them is so good. And he's just kind of oozing out, okay? He's just oozing out. And, and it's just a beautiful thing. But sometimes brothers and sisters in Christ don't get along and, and, and we need to learn how to. So the scripture that we just read in Philippians chapter 2, in the first four verses or so, Paul, Paul tells us some spiritual supplies that you and I have been given. Now, if we have a job to do, if we have been commanded to do something, if, if uh, men, if you're a project, you're going to know uh, how, how many materials you need, you're going to know the tools that you're going to need to use. Ladies, if you're, gonna, if you're doing a project, it's the same way for you. You need to know what you need to get it done, and you need to know the tools 
and you need the tools to get it done. So if we are commanded to love one another, then we've got certain things in our arsenal of weapons, if you want to call it that, or our spiritual toolbox that the Holy Spirit has very conveniently placed in there for us because when He came to reside within us, He brought some great things with Him, didn't He? Things that we can use to help us do the things that God has called us to do. So these are some of the things that, that we have been given because of the Holy Spirit. We have been given, not only given encouragement, but we have the opportunity to give encouragement as well. Encouragement can come very easily. Well, you're looking nice today. Gosh, what a great smile you have on your face. God, I really appreciate what you said in Sunday school this morning. Uh, your call last week when I was sick really did me some good. You know, that, that's real easy to do. It's not that hard to do. Also, we have the ability to comfort people when they need to be comforted. Uh, and, and God has given us, we're sensitive to that as God's children. We can tell when people need to be comforted. And sometimes it's obvious if you've lost a loved one, if, you, if you're sick or a loved one is sick, if you've gone through some trials and difficulties, uh, we have been given the, the ability to comfort our, each other, our brothers and sisters. We've also been given the ability to enjoy fellowship with one another. And that's just being together. That's just doing life together. And you guys could have talked all through Sunday school, and you could have talked all before service till the praise team gets out here, and then when it's time to fellowship, you're going to go and talk some more to the same people you've already talked to in Sunday school and before service because you enjoy that fellowship so much. And also we have the ability to, uh, we have tenderness. We've been given tenderness by the Heavenly Father, but we can also give tenderness to other people. Sometimes people just need to know that you're there and you're thinking about them and you know they're struggling and you're going to be praying for them. And you know, sometimes we have a tendency, especially walking up to you, say, well, buck it up, Sonny, and everybody's got troubles and you need to just deal with it, okay? But, you know, it really means a lot, too, when somebody comes up and says, hey, I see what you're doing. I see what you're going through. I've been through something similar, and I want you to know God helped me through that. I know he can do the same thing for you. And not only that, I'm just going to pray specifically that he does. So we have the ability to do that. And, and along with that is compassion. We have compassion for each other. It, it, it's, these, are, these are the spiritual supplies that you and I have been given. So in the first really four, four or five verses, we've got some if-then statements that Paul has made. If you have these things, then you should be able to do these things. If you have encouragement and comfort and fellowship and tenderness and compassion, then you should be able to practice this with one another. What should we be able to practice with one another? Well, being like-minded. What do we have in common? Instead of talking about what we don't have in common and how different I am than you, what do we have in common? We have Jesus in common. What mission do we have in common? He has called us to go and make disciples, and He's called us to love each other. We're very like-minded. We, we, with the compassion and the tenderness and the fellowship, we can be like-minded. We don't have to constantly be bickering and, and fussing uh, 
our calling is not brawling. You know, we're not here to fuss and fight with each other. We're here to get along with each other. Also, we, we, we can enjoy uh, that we have the same love for the, our Savior. And our Savior has the same love for each one of us. And we have been called to love in the same way. You know, I've been called to love as Carol has been called to love, as Lori has been called to love, as JC has been called to love, and we should be able to love each other. It should be something that just kind of comes natural because of those spiritual supplies that have been deposited into our toolbox. 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 And then also we've been given the same Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. The same Holy Spirit that is within me is within you as well. And, we, and they, they kind of communic- it communicates, doesn't it? My spirit bears witness with yours. And, and so we have that in common. Don't look so much at what we don't have in common. Look at what we do have in common. And we have the same purpose and we can be unselfish. We can choose to be unselfish and we can choose to be humble and we can choose to be considerate of each other if we have these things in our life. That's what Scripture is telling us. And these, these supplies that we've been given, all these things that we've listed, they've been given to us. They've been given to us by Jesus Christ. They've been given to us by the Holy Spirit. And we all have them to enjoy and we all have them to use. And what we're supposed to do with them is we're supposed to behave in a Christ-like manner towards each other. And I see that so much in this church. I see, uh, I see people that have different kinds of backgrounds and different kinds of jobs and careers and, and things like that. They're able to communicate with each other and, and, and do things together and enjoy each other. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But the enemy hates that, and he'll do whatever he can to mess that up. And, and at the church in Philippi, there are some things that were taking place um, with some people there just trying to come in and kind of mess things up. But what Paul was focusing on and what we're kind of focusing on tonight is the relationship that Christians had with each other and how important that is and how strong that that needs how strong that that needs to be. Now, it's kind of hard to imagine uh, Paul, the way he started the letter of Philippians, you know, I thank God for every time I think about you, and oh, I'm just, I just love to think about you and, and the relationship that we have and what you're doing in Jesus' name, and I just I thank God every time that you come to mind. It seems like this is just going to be full of just good, good things and, and sweet things. But he loves them so much. He loves them so much that he sees there's some stuff going on and he wants to address it. And you know God does the same thing with you. And he does the same thing with me. You know, if there's stuff going on in my life, he's going to bring it to my attention that something needs to be different and something needs to change. And he will let me know. And he loves me enough to tell me that. He loves me enough to show me that. He loves me enough that somebody else that might see it may come up and say, William, I'm praying, about, I'm praying for you about this particular thing. Are you okay in this area? Is everything going all right? And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he cares, he cares enough about us not to let it go until it becomes a really big problem. And then what do we do? We feel like we just can't get away from it. And that's what Paul is doing here. He, he loves these people. He always prays for them. He calls them 
his brothers whom I love and whom I long for and you're my joy and you're my crown and yet he sees internal struggles. He sees internal struggles going on and taking place. And that's what our Father sees in us sometimes. He sees internal struggles within the church and things that aren't going on as they should be. And of course, uh, they were again, and you can find this, I think it's in chapter 1, chapter 3. There are some troublemakers there, but what he's dealing with here are the Philippian Christians and their relationships with each other. And he pleads with them. He wants them to agree with each other, agree with one another. And in hearing all this take place and, and hearing Paul say what he's saying, I'm encouraged by this, but I'm also troubled by it. And I'll tell you why. I'm encouraged because in kind of a weird kind of way, it helps me to see that Christians have always had a hard time getting along. And so it's not something new. It's not something new for our generation. I mean, let's just talk about, um, we were talking about different denominations and, and things in the deacons meeting. And we weren't talking about them, but we were just discussing, you know, you've got Lutherans and Methodists and things like that. And there's, you know, the most important thing when trying to talk with somebody who is in a different denomination is just to ask him, well, what are your thoughts and feelings about Jesus Christ? And that question that I ask you, has knowing Jesus made any difference in your life? Because for the, what should be the same for everybody that says they read and believe the Bible is who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And an understanding that salvation only comes through Him and the only way to the Father is through Jesus because He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. And I said, that's not a, that's not a Lutheran verse, that's not a Methodist verse, that's not a Presbyterian verse, that's a Bible verse. And that Bible's for all of us. That Bible verse is for everyone, every one of us. And a lot of the issues that, that churches have are amongst denominations. We've got a lot of denominations now that are allowing homosexuals to have positions within the church. And it's okay if they come into the church and they want to get married. And that's just one issue. There are a lot of other different issues. I mean, what do we do about women pastors? And so-and-so says they can have them, and so-and-so says that they shouldn't, and blah, blah, blah. And it's all created. All of this is created by the enemy so that we just can't get along. Because if we were to get along, and if we were to be unified, and if we were to use these spiritual supplies that Paul is talking about to be able to do the things that we talked about, then we would all come together and we would be making a tremendous difference in this world in the name of Jesus. But, you know, the Baptists have their way of doing things and the Lutherans have their way of doing things and you just stay over there and we'll stay over here. And meanwhile, can't you just see Jesus in heaven <laughs> saying, okay, we're going to put this Baptist over here with this Lutheran because they can't get along on earth. Let's see what happens in heaven. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But wouldn't it be great if we could just, if we could just get along? But in, like I said, in some weird kind of way, it is a little bit encouraging to know that this is not a new problem. It's something that's been going on for a long time. You know, they, they had issues. They had problems. We have our issues. 
we have our problems. Brothers and sisters have always had problems getting along, sibling rivalry and all that kind of stuff. Something else that encourages me um, in some of the scripture that we read is that God still calls us saints. He calls us saints. Even when we're not acting that saintly. Because He has done something in our hearts and in our lives that has made us brand new and has made us different. And while we would love to walk around and carry that tag that says, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner that's been forgiven, Scripture tells us some different things about who we are, and those are the things that we need to listen to. The, the issue that, most of, that I have had most of the time is trying to understand when, when Jesus is talking to or about people who are saved versus when He is talking to or about people that are lost and where do I fit in in that, in that discussion? And, and so we love to pull verses and phrases and things out of the Bible and, and put those tags on ourselves when He has told us many different things about ourselves that we don't even know yet. I mean, we're the fragrance of Christ to God. You smell like Jesus to God. That's what Scripture says. And it's all because... Christ is in you. The hope of glory is Christ in you. And yes, I, I, am, a, I am a person that, that was taken from the, the kingdom of darkness and transplanted into the kingdom of light. I, I certainly sinned. I sinned when I was little. I sin now. I'll sin when I get older than I am right now. But it is more that more than just me, a dirty, rotten sinner saved by grace, it is that I am a saint, because he calls me a saint that chooses sometimes to sin. It's a decision that I make. But the victory over that is what he tells us in Romans, that you are, you are dead to that, and you don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to do that. It is our choice, and he provides a way out of that, and I'm, I need somebody to do the this because I'm running rabbits. That's the rabbit sign there. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm, but I'm encouraged by that, that even though I don't always act saintly and even my attitudes towards certain people may not be saintly, I am what he says I am. I will believe what he says of me because he knows me better than anybody. But then the discouragement comes along and, and it's troubling to know that after all all that we've been through as a church and from the, from, the, from the time the church was started till now that we haven't learned that we haven't learned how to get along any better than we do and the reason that we have so many different denominations and so many offshoots here and there and everywhere is because at some point somebody wanted vegetables in the chicken pie or they wanted to do things a certain way and it was the way they wanted it and they didn't like what you said and they didn't like what you wanted. So what's the solution to that? The solution to that for you and me is that we go to the Word of God and see what the Word of God says. When did it become unfashionable for us to find out what God says about things? It's just so hard to find answers. It's so hard to find specific answers to the questions that I have. Okay, ladies. How, how long will you search for 
a piece of clothing in your size that you love on a rack that has a thousand pieces of clothes just to find the one that will fit you because you have to have it. How long will you look? You will look a long time. As long as it takes. As long as it takes. <laughs> Men, we're the, you know, same way. For, for you, it may be the same thing. It may be a, a coat or a pair of boots, or it may be a tool that you need, or it may be a part that you're looking for for something that you're restoring. And you'll get online and you'll look and you'll search and you'll go to this junk, junkyard and that junkyard and you'll search it out until you find it. But why not, why not go and dig into the Word of God to find answers to the questions that really mean something? Because you're eventually not going to be able to wear that article of clothing because you're going to lose weight and it's going to be too big. I'm using my encouragement tool for the ladies. Pull it out of my spiritual toolbox. And men, the, what you're restoring one day is just going to be covered in rust one day. Um, the tool that you're looking for is going to break and, and it doesn't have a lifetime warranty anymore, so what are you going to do? But, but what the answers that the Word of God provides for us are eternal. They will last forever and they will make a big impact, not just on you and your walk with the Lord, but also in the people that God has placed providentially in your path to make a difference in their life and show them who Jesus is in yours. So it all goes back to love God, love each other. Love God, love each other. And, and that should be our mantra. Love God love each other and that's one of those things that needs to go on a bookmark or a pen or a t-shirt or something and we all need to buy one but let me tell you this and I want to finish with this if we do that let's make sure we spell it right okay because confession time here <clears throat> we bought we bought 200 pens a while back for the church great looking pens does anybody have one yet I think maybe some of our seniors do maybe they're, they're the click pens. They write so good. They feel good in your hand. They've got a little stylus on the tip that you can use to do your phone with. And these people have been sending us uh, sample pens for years and years that said Startown First Baptist Church. And so we got excited, and we're going to order some pens. We're going to have some pens to give out to the church and give out to visitors. We're so excited. And we get the pens, and we're, we're, we're excited because they're great, and we we, get a, we put a jar of them out in front of Cherry's, on Cherry's ledge for people to come and pick one up because we're just really proud of those pens. And not long after that, somebody brought it to my attention. Hey, when did we become Startown First Baptist Church? Because somebody spelled it wrong. Now, it's your turn to pull out your encouragement. Guess who spelled it wrong? Somebody encouraged me. Thank you. That's all I need to hear. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Father, we are, we are trying to understand this love, love God, love people. Uh, and we, we really, I think we feel like we understand more love God because you have done so much for us. Um, you have changed us. You have, 
you have changed everything. Uh, you've made the, the difference that only you could make in our lives. You've, when we were looking for change and for hope and for peace, you brought those in abundance when you came and resided within us. And, and you know, sometimes we would have to say it's so easy to love you. But, Father, this thing about loving one another is such a challenge sometimes. Uh, especially when we've been mistreated and we've been done wrong and, and things are unfair. Um, but Father, you, are, you provide for us in your word the things that we need to know and the things that we need to see and the examples from people that we need to look at that were able to love uh, when it seemed most difficult, maybe when it, was, when it seemed impossible. And I guess the greatest example is how you continue to love us even as you were being falsely accused and beaten and spat upon and they were nailing spikes in your hands and your feet and shoving a crown of thorns on your head. And the words, just forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. So, Father, help us to, help us to remember the, the love that has been shown to us and the love that has been placed inside of us and help us to draw from that inexhaustible supply of love that you have put within us to love other people. Whether that's here within this church with a fellow, with a brother or sister in Christ or whether it's the lost out in the world that don't understand these crazy people who go to church and, and talk about getting baptized and and salvation and righteousness and forgiveness. And Father, we just want to be available for you to use us. We just want to be used of you and we just want to let you know that you can do whatever it is that you want to do in this world uh, through us. Help us to be willing to allow that to happen. And Father, thank you for that promise that that we certainly rely on very heavily, that you are with us always, even until the end. And for us, we know that that means even beyond that, because when your children reach the end, then on the other side of that is eternity, and you're there too. So we have a lot to look forward to, and we want, we want others to come and be a part of that as well. And I believe that they will, they will be quicker to make a decision to follow you if they see your love uh, oozing out of us. Father, all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.